Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Wolf. Ah, it's Kickstart. The last Kickstart. No, it's not the last one. It's the next to last one because we got one more. This is the last one before November ends and we still have a movie coming out for November because our last November movie comes out this week. That's right. Which is crazy. Crazy. Crazy time. Crazy talk, man. Yeah, well, you know, crazy. Just put the fucking pedal to the metal. Here's the thing. Because there's so many Fridays this month, uh, the because the Friday the next Friday after this week is uh, is December, so we couldn't like we we do early access. We can't do another November movie if we're dropping a November. We can't drop a November movie on a Friday if it's December first. No man, not well, not on December first. No, we'll have so, to go to something else. Plan B. You know what is special <laughs> about the next movie episode besides it being a movie that I, I'm uh, pretty well versed in? It's going to be our 300th episode. What? 300? Yeah, because this is 299 today. And we didn't cover the 300 for 300. No, how, because how horrible why would I do that? <laughs> do we ever mention Zack Snyder on the show uh, before? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I've never seen the 300 all the way through. I have. <laughs> What's with enough? I just, I, you know, yeah, I don't know, man. I tried. I mean, but I, again, yeah. um, to be fair, I guess. <laughs> I saw it after the fact, like I, I was on, I, I didn't see it. I, I didn't have any interest. I don't know what I was doing when it came out in the theater. Right. I'm going to say I was working somewhere on something and uh, I just didn't care. It looked terrible. I mean, it, to me, <laughs> I don't like CGI heavy movies. And even the trailer for that thing looked like nothing but CGI. And it was, what's that? 2006. Mm-hmm. And it looked, you yeah. know, it looked like 2006 CGI to me. But anyway, I digress. I think the reason why that movie found such an uh, an audience was because visually, I, I mean, the, put your CG aside, that thing be, that became a, became a Zack Snyder staple was that ultra slow mo use of like using like the phantom camera or something like that, where they're shooting everything at yeah. five hundred frames a second, that kind of nonsense. Because he didn't do that with with the, his remake of Dawn of the Dead. But he did it on everything after that, and and all the superhero movies he did, and Army of Dead. Yeah, I think that that's kind of what led to me, like not really, like by the time I saw the movie, it had already been, you know, people were already ripping it off and imitating it and everything, and right. it was, so you know, it never got a fair shake as far as I'm. I mean, again, it was much past its. Uh, uh, what do you want to call it? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it, it, it's one of those things. Like it's like I, it's why I've never tried to watch Avatar because I didn't see avatar in a theater and i feel like there's no way that it's a movie you should view for the first time at home on a tv (laughs) like with yeah with with you like for a 3d movie like avatar like avatar only works i can't yeah right no it only works if you have the immersive aspect of the 3d if you can't if you're if you're unable to view the 3d there it really has watch fern gully dude (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's it's the same story. Right. You're going to be far more entertaining because Ferngully rocks. Yeah, Ferngully has Tone Loke as a dragonfly. Yep. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The thing about 300, it's just, it's just a product of its time. And because, like you just noted, that style has been, hell, overused by Zach himself, but like you, there's been so many imitators. Hell, even the, even the sequel to that has the same vibe. It's not even Zach Snyder directing it. Right. I'm sure it was fun in a theater, like the weekend it came out, it must've oh, been like, sure. you know, fuck, this is cool. 
but I didn't see it then. So I, you know, I missed the boat. As it was they definitely, say. yeah. I would say that it, I didn't see it in the theater, but I could tell that it's one of those movies that you saw in the theater with a good crowd and you went bonkers and then you told people to go see it. And then the next few people saw it and they came up to you like, what the fuck were you thinking? Cause that wasn't, wasn't good at all. Sure. Anyway, but, um, but the best thing about 300 was it really helped sell the next version of DVD. It helped sell the high definition disc going forward because yeah, it, yeah, was, totally. it was very much part of that push. And if it honestly, if it wasn't for 300, who knows where we would have been with it, with optical these days. But we're not doing it for episode 300. No, we're not. If we're doing, we're doing, we just a, did it. We're just, we're doing a noir November movie. We just did it for Kickstart. There you go. <laughs> I had like last week when I realized that, that this week is going to be the 300, I thought, should we just swap it? Should we just do the movie episode? So Kickstart is the 300 and drop that on. And, but I'm like, oh, that's too much work. I'm not doing that. Oh, uh, shit. But no, so I, I thought it was a, it was a good movie that it just happened to land on that because I'm. This is definitely one of the movies that I, I'm very mo- most fond of that we've done. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to chatting about it. But I thought it was a good 300 movie. But I'll, I'm done talking about it because you'll hear it in two days if you're on Patreon. That's correct. You'll get it. We mentioned last week that the Egyptian opened up, reopened, and the Vista reopened as well. So they've been having an amazing push and, and at both locations with the, the screenings that they've had, they've had a lot, they've had some great Q and a going on at all of them. Oh yeah, man. But you went back again because, uh, um, he's probably still under the weather, but Sergio get better. He's had, he had the major flu and he had to cough up his tickets for a movie screening last Thursday. And what was that? That you, did you say cough up? Did you say cough them up because he had the flu? I'm a, dude, I'm a 54 year old father. I'm allowed to do dad jokes. Even though when I don't know, I've Even done when it. Even when you don't mean them. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, no, I, so thanks to Sergio, I did, I went to, I went to the Egyptian and saw The Wild Bunch, 1969's The Wild mm-hmm. Bunch uh, in 70 millimeter, man. Yeah. Glorious 70 millimeter with 500 of my closest friends. Yes. And what a fuck, yeah. I mean, it's so crazy, like seeing a movie like that. Again, I mean, one of my favorite things when they go to these things is when they ask, so how many first time <laughs> right. uh, how many first timers do we have? And like, you know, 50 people raise their hand and you're like, holy shit, 50 people haven't seen the wild bunch. And then I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh, cause you weren't even born in that decade yeah. or the decade after it, most likely. Yeah. And, and watching people's reactions to them, you know, to the wild bunch. I mean, if you've seen the wild bunch, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to tell you anything new, but no. <laughs> they just don't make movies like that anymore. No. From the writing standpoint, from the, you know, one of the things I never really, I mean, that I'm always, not never, that I'm always like sort of blown away by when I watch The Wild Bunch is the editing in The Wild Bunch. Yeah. Good Lord, dude. Yeah. I mean, how many edits are in that movie? I know. I mean, I don't know. Are there more edits or more rounds fired from guns in The Wild Bunch? (laughs) That's for you guys. That's your homework. Watch the movie. You tell me. Are there more cuts in the editing or are there more blanks fired uh, during the filming? In either case, it was fantastic. I mean, it was in 70 mil and it sounded amazing. And, uh, you know, the performances are what kind of get lost. Like, right, when you just kind of randomly think about the wild bunch you're like i mean for me anyway i always think about the action sequences the bits the but it's really you know the performances of the movie which 
I don't know, man. I don't know if there's anybody cooler. I think I texted you. There's nobody cooler than fucking William Holden in The Wild Bunch. No. In cinema history, in my opinion, right. in any movie. Yeah. And Borgnine's fantastic. The, the relationship between Borgnine and Holden. And then, you know, Deke Thornton, uh, played by Robert Ryan, dude. I mean, yeah. holy shit, dude. It's really, it's funny because this time watching it, I kind of realized how important Robert Ryan is to what's happening in the movie. Like, right. I don't know. I just, it's something I never thought of before. And I don't know if that's just something that comes with age. The more you see it, the more you get closer to these guys, the more you get closer to the end of, you know, your own run, maybe. <laughs> I right. don't want to be morbid. But I, but like, you know, his performance is, is, is a, really like a touchstone of the movie as is Edmund O'Brien as Freddie Sykes. I always forget yeah. that Freddie Sykes doesn't die. <laughs> right. He, he, like when you think of the wild bunch, he, he think right? everybody like, dies. Like, right. I say, hey, Carly. <laughs> Wait, everybody's dead. Everybody right. dies. But Robert Ryan doesn't die. And, uh, Freddie Sykes doesn't die. He's shot and they're, you know, they're leaving him for the buzzards, but the buzzards don't get him. Uh, and when, you know, and then you get that ending and it's like, here's a funny thing. Like that ending today gets you three bad sequels. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I mean, immediately, like, you know, it's weird that they never, I mean, I guess maybe that's Peck and Pod. They just weren't like, they just knew that that was what it was because I mean, they made seven or five magnificent seven movies for some reason, <laughs> none right. of them being any good other than the first one or being really good or memorable, I guess. But yeah, man, it was great. It was like, it was to see it the way it was meant to be seen film in a theater uh, especially like, again, the Egyptian, you know, to me, the premier movie palace of Los Angeles. I mean, it's, it still is. I mean, and, and they've done a really nice job. I think when I talked about it last week, but they've done a really nice job of remodeling that thing and keep in modernizing it without, you know, destroying the, uh, charm and the, uh, and the, and the old Hollywood of it all. Right. Yeah. If you guys had looked at our, the show notes for last Kickstarter, you could see, couple of the photos and uh, that we, I post directly after all got Patreon, you can see them directly, but I also posted a link in the show notes to the restoration and the history of the venue. But so we're talking about the Wild Bunch, I want to kind of go back to that real quick. The names chosen by, for the characters in Wild Bunch, I've always loved that because I think I'd seen Wild Bunch maybe, I don't know, five, six times before the movie Predator ever came out. And when I heard them call Arnold Schwarzenegger Dutch, and I'm like, hey, to me, the only person I ever or character I heard was called yeah. Dutch was was Ernie Borgnine. I'm like, I'm who, right? And then as I'm watching the movie, I look at my dad and go, Dad, this is the Wild Bunch. This movie, <laughs> this is the Wild Bunch with the yeah. alien in it. Totally, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, it, it is, man. Yeah, and all the names of the characters are very much like the names in Wild Bunch. They all have these these nicknames that just kind of fit. They're all, but that's the only that's the only direct name between the two movies. The other ones are. Right. A little more fun based on the characters and who they are in Predator. But the Thomas brothers definitely, it, it, no, no doubt it was their homage to the Wild Bunch because I have a hard time believing that they didn't grow up on it because I think they're like 10 years older than us. Yeah, well, dude, they, they probably saw it first run. <laughs> I wouldn't be you surprised. Know, like, I mean, what did it, because the first, because yeah. it came out, it came out a month before I was born, Wild Bunch. So there you go. I mean, it is funny. Like, if you look at the names, like Mac, Dylan, Blaine. Yeah. Blaine is a weird one because when I think of Blaine, the only person I ever think of is um, Andrew McCarthy in six in uh, Pretty, Pretty Pink. Big, yeah. Blaine <laughs> sounds like some kind of appliance. Yeah, that's an appliance. It doesn't work for Jesse Ventura. <laughs> it's not a name. It's an appliance. Uh, Billy, you know, 
General Phillips. It's funny because R.G. Armstrong, who plays General Phillips in Predator, is maybe the only Peckinpah regular who's not in The Wild Bunch. Right. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, mean, that, I mean, that's more intentional casting. Like, can you talk about that? It's you know, you know what that what that is, right? Well, they, yeah, I mean, well, there's something else you know about the Wild Bunch for me that was funny. And uh, what was that? Oh, it was about Bill Holden. Which part? About how old he was when he when he filmed the oh, Wild yeah, Bunch. Oh yeah, dude, Bill Holden's fucking. They were, yeah, he was born in 1918. They obviously filmed the Wild Bunch in '68, so he was 50. 50. But he doesn't look 50. I mean, no. I don't know. Maybe maybe you, me looking in the mirror, I just don't think I look as old as that. But good Lord, dude. Yeah. I mean, it, well, none of them are really... I mean, they're all right around 50. Like Ben Johnson's 50. But Holden, he... Look, I mean, you know, Bill Holden lived a lot. You know, he lived... Um, he lived a hard life. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. uh, he, there was... He never, he never met a cigarette or a shot of whiskey he didn't like. And good for him, man. Yeah, and it wasn't uncommon. I mean, we talked about that the whole month of November. Yeah. These these guys that had staying power, you're amazed that they stayed around as long as they did because of of how rough of a life they lived. And we we talked about that yeah, last yeah. week during uh, Asphalt Jungle. No, Asphalt Jungle. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I mean, but like but Borgnine was, you know, Borgnine, Robert Ryan was the oldest guy, was the oldest. He was 60. Right. And I think, I think this is close to his, uh, he made a couple more movies after this, but he passed away. I think he died of cancer. Um, you know, so, but he is, you know, if you're into, especially noir, dude, you know, Robert Ryan is in all these, you know, amazing forties, fifties, sixties films. And, uh, him and Edmund O'Brien are probably the two oldest guys I would imagine in the movie. Even, but Edmund O'Brien's not even that much older than I think. He, oh, you ben, know, ben, he ben was, Johnson, he ben looks, Johnson was nineteen eighteen. They're all kind of in that same vein. I think the youngest yeah. person in the entire movie is probably Bo Oates. Hopkins. <laughs> Bo Hopkins is probably the youngest. Yeah, and more notes. All right, because he was born. He was born like almost. 29 no 28 1928 Warren Oates yeah so like you know the two youngest guys are Warren Oates <laughs> and oh right. the, and Bo Hopkins was a baby and, and Jamie so. San and Jaime Sanchez oh yeah yeah as Angel yeah, yeah those <laughs> are probably your two youngest guys because Strother Martin not the young guy LQ Jones what was LQ LQ Jones is him and uh, Oates were about the same age Strother Martin was I feel like Strother Martin is probably the oldest dude in the cast right nope. Younger than here's the thing, Strother Martin, younger than uh, Holden. <laughs> so, right, yeah, man, it's just a wild, you know, when you're watching that movie and thinking, you know, these guys, you know, you're looking at these guys and you're like, holy shit, he's yeah. only 50. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I'm not saying maybe there's some makeup stuff going on there, you know, to make him look oh, a little older because they do do a lot of close ups. You know, on the crow's feet, there's there's some shots of Borgnine that are you know they're pushing in on his eyes and stuff, and maybe, but I mean, again, also these dudes, you know, they lived hard, man. There wasn't uh, it wasn't a health kick. People no. didn't uh, you know Peloton and um, you know <laughs> fucking go to oxygen bars. <laughs> well, you, one of I think we we talk about Billy Wilder a lot on the show, and this might be like. We, we talk about Billy Wilder being one of those guys where like, what's my favorite Billy Wilder memory? Fuck whatever I'm watching in the moment. Like we say about a lot of the, I want to say hero filmmakers of our, of our uh, upbringing, but you know how old Bill Holden was when he did Stalag 17? He was 34. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, 34. right? I was just going to say, if you look at him from like Bridge on the River Kwai time right. to the way he looks, you know, a mere 
14, 15 years later. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't take much, man. He's ages a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned Stalag 17 because Kino, our friends at Kino are dropping their 4K for that on Tuesday, the 21st of tomorrow. There's not a lot of black and white movies that are going to get me excited about seeing a 4K version of it. But this one I'm very excited to see because uh, this is... This is a dad movie. This is I'm sitting on the couch watching this movie with my pop as much as shit. You know, weekend, you know, afternoon, Saturday or something like that. A movie on uh, like Channel 5 or whatever, Channel 9, whoever was showing it. We were watching it. But I remember watching, sitting down with my pop and him introducing me to this movie. And, you know, probably like, going, ah, oh, you know, this, <laughs> what am I watching? You know, I'm probably all of 10. I'm still like reeling from Star Wars. I'm like, is there any spaceships in this? I mean, I watched plenty of movies with my dad where it, I wasn't worried about that kind of stuff. Yes, they're called Messerschmitts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but this movie, fuck. I'm like, oh, dad, this is like a, this is like Hogan's Heroes, but good. <laughs> It's not a comedy. It's funny how you, dude, it's funny you said Hogan's Heroes because I was going to say I discovered Stalag 17. I worked backwards, obviously. I'd seen Hogan's Heroes first because <laughs> right. it was on fucking TV, like Gilligan's Island, right? Like that right. shit was like every day. You know, yeah. you come home, it, it could be on at two in the afternoon, four in the afternoon. Hogan's Heroes is one of those shows that, like that. I feel like, I feel like I learned a lot about classic movies from watching stupid TV shows that were based on classic movies like Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> I feel like Petticoat Junction, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, all, all those dumb shows that we watched, like in, I guess, early days of syndication. But Stalag 17 is a movie that I discovered because of Hogan's Heroes, weirdly enough. But uh, I've seen it. I just watched it not long ago. I went on a fucking, I went on a William Holden like deep dive yeah, yeah. while we were on strike. <laughs> <laughs> As if it stopped. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not really stopped. I mean, no one's picketing, but that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot of people are working yet. And I'll, I'll say they haven't ratified yet. But no. yeah, I mean, this no. would, I, mean, I can't imagine what this is going to look like on 4K. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. And it's and it was one of those weird, again, because it's 53, it's got one of those, uh, unu this, is a, even a, this is an unusual aspect ratio, even for that time. It's a 137. Was it like 137 or something? Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, I just watched something else that was 137, and I was like, that is a weird fucking ratio. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about like how great Warner Brothers is and how they care for their big titles or bigger titles, but they knew they didn't have the time or the desire to give Stalag 17 the full bump, so they hand that over to Kino. So, Because even their Blu-ray that Warner Brothers released a few years ago is pretty clean. Yeah. So I can only imagine what this is going to be. I have, that's what I have. I have that one. I said the other, the other year. It's 10 years old now, that, that Blu-ray. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think it came out like in 2014 or something. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, Stalag 17 is pretty fucking great. But yeah, I'm, I got to find time to go to the Egyptian because this is like, you're, you've been twice now. And it's not that I, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing, but I'm... I know I want to see something there because I haven't seen anything since I want to say 2017. Yeah, no shit, it was because I saw Mayhem there. It's the last thing I saw there. So the last thing I had seen there before was I think Brawl and Cell Block 99. Mm -hmm. No, or it was either that or Dragged Across Concrete. It was one of uh, one of Zoller's movies because yeah. I think all three of them. 
No, no, it was it was brawl because uh, oh, was that Beyond Cross? Yeah, yeah, yep. Dragged. Oh, actually, maybe I did see dragged there. Maybe it was dragged. Oh, and- I do. That, that sounds familiar because when drag came out, we were doing the show, so that makes sense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the last film I had seen there. Yeah. Hey, guess what? I just got an email for huh? Lawrence Tierney's Hollywood's Real Life Tough Guy book. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that keeps getting shoved down our throats. Uh, Jesus Christ, man. Come on, guys. I already bought it. Fucking come on. Stop sending me that shit. Why, why is, what is Amazon? The whole point of their algorithm is to sell me things that I, I don't already own. I already have. Like things that I've already bought. Not just, uh, anyway. But you know what I bought from Amazon and it came last Friday? Dolly Parton has a mm-hmm. new record called Rockstar and it's, it's 30 songs of, you know, cover songs of, well, not 30 cover songs, just 30 songs total, but there's probably eight or nine originals. Um, but she's does covers of just rock songs, like some of it metal stuff, some of it are kind of just rock. Oh, dude, did she go to the Pat Boone wrote? Come on, don't no, tell me she's like, fucking I'm in a metal red, mood dude. too. Her best stuff, her best stuff on there is the stuff where she just grits it out. Like she did Magic Man with Nancy Wilson, and it's fucking great, dude. Sure. It's so good. I was going to say, I bet there's a heart song on there. Yeah, at least it wasn't like, what about love? <laughs> I love covers, dude. I, I'm definitely, I'm going to check it out at the moment we get off here. I mean, I'm, it's I'm, great, you know, I'm, dude. A, I'm a fan of cover records. I love the Pat Boone one. I mean, I know that, you know, it, maybe it, I don't, it's weird, but I'd love it. I mean, there's 30 songs. I would say that half of them are okay. And the ones that aren't okay are pretty damn good. So, sure. But the thing is, it's, it's a drag is like, it's hard to get out of your head her age when you're listening to this song, especially when she's, I'll do the, probably my second favorite thing on there. Is she does a cover of Heartbreaker with Pat Benatar that just makes you go, both you ladies can still fucking blow, dude. It's amazing because Pat sounds fucking That's incredible. Awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Of course, you know, Neil Dorado had to be on there too because he's Neil Dorado. I have to have my name on everything. Yeah. It's there because it's one name now. It's Pat Benatar with Neil Dorado. It's one title now. You can't, yeah, you can't exactly. You can't book them without it being listed that way. No, anyway, it's pretty great. It's called Rockstar, it's on all the streaming services. I got a four disc vinyl, I'm literally holding it in my hands right now. I'll send you a picture of it. Rad. Um, I was gonna tell you that 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 post I sent you, that Instagram post that you couldn't see, it was from the Scott Pilgrim versus the World Theater, the live show at the Wilter. Oh. That's what that was. It kicked off. I don't know if it kicked off there, but the, it was it was Friday night, and, that, and Adam had posted that photo. Adam Siegel. Ah, uh, see, that's what I was sending you. So yeah, it's out. I mean, but that thing's out and about. But you missed your shot to see it in L.A. Well, yeah, that's that's for sure. Oi. I mean, unless it comes back, who knows? Uh well, because I mean, I understand why they're doing it because the animated thing started on Friday on Netflix. They have an animated version of Scott Pilgrim that just that just bounce on hit uh, on Friday. You know what else up Friday is on Apple Plus? They put out Monarch, the Godzilla thing with Kurt yeah, Russell yeah, and his kid, Kurt and Wyatt. Yeah, they do that. Lots of timeline jumping between 52, 59, 2013, 2014. They're kind of all over the place, but they, they do a pretty good job of establishing timelines based on how people look. But dude, there's, we talked about this during Overlord where we both, remember when you and I both were talking, commenting about how we felt like, man, it really sounds like Kirk came in here and did his looping sessions for Wyatt because <laughs> it's, it's, he, re, but he really sounds like Kurt in this, like a lot. 
but he's not bad in it. He's like, you know, he's, he's very much his father's son. I'll just say that about it. It's, he's, he's enjoyable in the part. I know what I'm expecting when you see it. But if you're a fan of this current monster universe that they got going on, it's pretty solid. The, they dropped two episodes on Friday and it's going to be a weekly thing every Friday. And the, the cliffhanger that they put on both episodes, even though the second one was available right away, it's an audible thing, just like this, um, just like it was with the second episode, which we have to wait for the follow to that. But it was mm-hmm. basically, basically setting up a really fun third episode. And I mean, remember that back in the day when you used to watch TV when it was a uh, when it was event television because like, everything's just you can watch right. everything at one time now. I'm like, don't do that. But yeah. Anyways, it, it was, it's solid. It's really good. If you and if you're already a fan of the series of all those movies or even one or two of those movies, I understand why you don't like them all. If there's something there for everybody that, that enjoys at least one of those movies, whether it's the Kong movies or the Godzilla ones, but it works. It's a good time. It's funny, man. I dumped Apple TV a while back. <laughs> I, I don't have it anymore. So I was like, ah, do I? No. I think I'm going to probably get a screener for it. You, oh, you do, you'll definitely get well, a warning link. Yeah. Speaking of screeners. <laughs> Can we talk about the screener situation for a second about like, Oh, you I mean, why have I gotten like four copies of air four physical versions of air? I don't know. I mean, I, the reason why I'm bringing this up right now and I wasn't going to, but I was, when we were driving down into San Diego over the weekend, we were listening to the smartless podcast and they had, it was Ben Affleck was on and uh, he's an enjoyable interview. And it's not even about his movies or whether you like them or not. But they're talking about air, obviously, because Jason Bateman's in air. This is, I think this episode's back from March. So it's all tied to the the movie coming out. And they talked about, uh, I didn't know this, but that was an artist equity movie. I didn't realize that it was. And they ended up selling it to Amazon. So my perspective changed a little bit on how Amazon has handled it. But what I'm about to talk about and what you've experienced recently is why I'm kind of going to say bark about it. But if you have probably one of the best 4k streaming services out there like with amazon prime it's it's probably my favorite because it's always clean and i never have a hiccup netflix i have problems with sometimes but not prime prime is always really solid you have a movie like air that we're talking about that's the michael jordan and nike coming together and creating the brand story it doesn't matter if you like the movie or not it was a high profile movie Probably one of the biggest A-list style movie that Amazon's been associated with, but again, they didn't buy it. They they bought it. They didn't like they didn't, they didn't finance it because, like I said, it's right. an artist equity movie. There, <laughs> it was a bark that we I've had recently, but this year has been really bad. You're distributing standard def DVDs to promote and for your considerations. And you're giving me this fucking 480p bullshit that's bad enough. But <laughs> you've gotten three or four different versions of the motherfucker. And I don't, and it's been for, for different reasons. You got four different ones because of your associations with, with, diff, with different unions. Was You got one for SAG, right? I got, yeah, I mean, there's that, and then one for 800. And then, and then I don't know why. I mean, I mean that, honestly. Right? <laughs> I, I don't know what the other ones are for. I just think that, you know, they, they just keep sending them out hoping that, you know, I, who knows, man, they, I, maybe they just, I don't, maybe they just print up somebody and they're like, yeah, just keep sending them out. Somebody will watch them or we got to get rid of these things. You think they have a good chat box, right? When it comes to screeners, like, 
Hey, I are, I mean, you've seen my, yes, you've seen the crates I have yes. of screeners from the last. <laughs> I had six copies of the Irishman. God. I went through it the other day to see what was in there. And I was like, <laughs> five discs each. Like, good Lord. Teased it. What? Like I said, you, you would think there'd be like a checkbox where you say, I'm part of these unions. Only send me one of them, you motherfuckers. Like, it's weird because one of the biggest selling points for streamers is like, and it's not a selling point for us. It's a selling point for the people that spend money like, or for shareholders. Hey, we're ecological. We're, we don't have discs. We don't send out discs into the world. But then that's fucking exactly what they do. And they do with such contemptual conviction, if you will. And they send out fucking 100 of them for, who cares? I just was kind of annoyed by it because you can't do it for your consideration. Or you can, but how... How short-sighted is it? What I was thinking is, it is, is there are still like the old guard of people who don't stream. Like, you know, there, there are guild members and who are 80 years old. And I mean, I can't imagine they're even putting a DVD in a fucking player, but you know, people just don't have an embrace streaming. Like, I don't know that my dad would be streaming if he, you know what I mean? Like if he was still around, but I'm just saying, it's like, I, I, I guess that's who they're for. And that, that's, that's mm-hmm. why you still get physical copies. I'm not sure. I haven't even opened a screen. I mean, I, I didn't open one screener, one physical screener last year that I got because everything was, is, is streamable. And I'd already seen most of it by the time I got a screener. It's weird. It's just some poor sap in a FedEx truck has to show up on Saturday night at 7 p.m. in the dark out here and roll up my driveway to hand me one small envelope, uh, you know, for a movie you already screener have. of air yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, okay, yeah. so I I hadn't seen the movie. I wasn't well-versed of it enough and who was in and uh, involved in it other than Ben and some of the performers in it. This, this actually just sells my point even more. Do you know who the DP was on air? It's Robert Richardson. So my point is, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, man? You guys want to, the guy shot this thing in 4K. Why wouldn't you want to see a 4K version of it? No, you sent out the DVD version. You fucking stupid. Ugh, yeah, anyway. man, it's silly, but you know, uh, but the, there it is. Uh, you know, and I'll just keep stacking them up and throwing <laughs> them in that crate. <laughs> uh, shit. Anyway, what happens? So, uh, dude, that's okay. We got there fast. Dude. We're there. Right. I, I hope everybody's been enjoying Noir November. I've I've been really just not I don't want to say surprised, but I've been happy that we chose the movies that we chose. It's been a fun month for sure. Yeah. Obviously, like with 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 September, this is another one of those ones that I think is just going to be a staple for us. You know what to expect. I expect when we get to August next year, what do you guys have for September? And then when we get to October, what do you guys have for Noir November? I hope that. Is what we're looking at next year when we get to those points. But, yeah, me too, man. man. It's been fun. It's been super fun, yep. especially while revisiting things that you know. Again, I'm a I'm a big noir fan, so I mean, I, I usually watch a bunch of noir stuff in November anyway. But like actually picking just four and then talking about you know it, it's been super fun. They, they've all been a good you know. Sometimes we pick a movie and we're like, oh, that movie sucked. Do we have to talk about it? But. <laughs> You know, and this is such a, like, there's so many things to choose. I mean, it was overwhelming, like, to go through that list and, like, pick just four was like, okay, yeah. do we make the right choices? Or, you know, am I going to second guess myself? But no, I haven't. I mean, everything we picked, I've enjoyed watching it, and I've enjoyed talking about it. And, uh, yeah, man, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us talk about it. Word. Cool. If you want to follow us on the socials, it's at Karate Pot on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Insta. If you want to follow Corey on Insta, it's Culper97. And on Letterboxd, it's Corey underscore Culp. 
And if you want to join us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash karate pod. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at rock and roll 33 on your Instagram, or you can follow me at Freddie Sykes on Letterboxd. That's Freddie Sykes Letterboxd. I did not perish with the buzzards. <laughs>